HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Henry's Wine and Spirit. Welcome to Processing, a show about the intersection between food and grief, with your hosts, Sara Tangora and Bobby Conforto. On this show, we're going to really explore where grief and food intersect, how they go hand in hand, different people's experiences with their specific traumas and how food played a part from the beginning to the end of that experience. And how as individuals, we uniquely process life's traumas and losses through either the longing for, the creating of, the avoiding of, the obsessing over, and the eating of food. I remember right after Michael died, I still miss him, but I missed him so badly that night that I stopped at the convenience store on the corner and I bought a container of Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. It's too sweet, you know, it's too everything. And I went home with it and I took it to bed and I thought to myself, gee, so this is my first menage a trois after Michael's death. <laughs> Me, Ben, and Jerry. And I ate the entire thing. What do you think your relationship to food was during times of crisis? I think that um, my sister and I use food to reward ourselves. I wish I had something more no, interesting think... to say, but definitely like spaghetti and meatballs and chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> my mom still can't eat rugula. It makes her too sad. I've also experienced a lot of loss, as has Bobby. And I think we really wanted to find a way where we could like work together. There's something that feels very compelling about doing a project with you, Mom, um, as just kind of a missing piece in life and just something we've always wanted to do but not known quite how. can't think of anything better myself. I think that, I mean, any conversation about grief, I think, prepares everyone for grief because there are so few conversations about grief. It's why I think that what you guys are doing is so important. I'm not done yet. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about phlegm. <clears throat> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and also mostly the lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. With your hosts, me, I'm Zara. And Nicole. Okay, what up? You Just know our first last names. You, you know, we're on a first name basis. Oh, uh, we are, yes. With each other and uh, my world. mom, the only other person <laughs> that listens to this. Bobby, hello. Bobby, what's good? Nicole? Yes, Zara. Is this how we're going to start this show? I think so. Okay, good. It appears to be. <laughs> Nicole, how's your week been? Uh, my week has been good. Um, working, lots of working. Yeah? Yeah. What kind of things happened? Anything funny? Um, no. I worked, a, there was an event at the restaurant that I work at that was a collab. Ooh. So it was like very, very busy. Sexy. Um, I managed to somehow not have to close, which was a Christmas miracle. Oh, that's nice. Um, I felt a little guilty about that, but it's fine. That's great. Um, yeah. And Did you cook anything? I have been making a lot of roasted cauliflower. Tell us about it. Lots of farting? No, it agrees with me. Oh. <laughs> Carciferous. 
Is cruciferous? Oh, is it? It's if like I ever have a child. Carcinogenic <laughs> mixed together. If I ever have a child, which I definitely won't at this point as my eggs are drying up and I'm now geriatric, according to the medical journals, um, I will name it cruciferous. <laughs> the after medical you. journals. You're always just reading those medical journals. <laughs> I made something cruciferous this week. I have, as I've mentioned, because I'm a narcissist and can't just stop talking about my own problems on sure. this food podcast. Um, I'm kind of depressed, and by that I mean fairly severely depressed. And so I haven't been able to cook much or eat much. I've been mostly sustaining on, like, you know, a lot of butter, honestly. Mm. Anything that I would nibble of something I can put butter on, like a cracker, some bread. Cracker with butter. Oh, my God. That's, like, my favorite thing. Hmm. If people talk about what what comforts them when they're feeling sad, and they're like, ooh, French onion soup (laughs) (laughs) or... Lobster uh, Thermidor. Wow. I'm uh, I'm really... Baked st- Alaska, <laughs> my favorite comfort food. <laughs> uh, roast beast. Um, I'm really comforted by like some crackers and butter. Like saltines? Uh, right now I actually have everything bagel crackers from, from Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's. Those yes. are the shit. Yeah, they're really good and they're even more the shit when you put butter on them. They're dangerous though <laughs> because then all the little poppy seeds will get in your teeth. That's true. And in, in parts of your intestines and calls... Uh, God, my mouth caused diverticulitis. Is that true? Yeah. That's what, uh, if you have diverticulitis, you can't have seeds because the seeds just like get in the little pockets of your intestines and cause infection. Uh, you must have learned this from your medical journal. I, I learned it from the journals. Also, again, if you're eating, please put down your meatloaf. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> diverticulitis. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I made, the only thing I could muster, I threw some cabbage, some carrots, uh, some cherry tomatoes that I had in the freezer. Uh, in my Instapot, and I can't bring myself to really eat it. Yeah, well, you keep talking about that Instapot like they're a sponsor. Um, this show is brought could <laughs> potentially be brought to you by Instapot. Instapot, call us. Let's make a pitch deck. Um, so that's pretty much the only thing I, I made or ate. Um, and my week has been really kind of somber. Although I will say that I have really uh, rem- reminded myself of the value of friendship. Now, this sounds like an ad, but it's... <laughs> My true feeling. Friendship? (laughs) This might sound like an ad brought to you by big friendship, but really it's true (laughs) is that like the only thing that seems to bring me out of my slump is, you know, trying to push myself to get out of the house at night and have some laughs. Yeah. And some some good times with pals. Totally. You included. Thanks. Um, We have a really amazing topic today. I I was thinking that this maybe is like a weird time for us to do this episode because it is like like it would be like the series finale that's episode. true it's true we are starting <laughs> we are blowing our load quite early in the season aren't we <laughs> but might as well just go out with a bang because the world's ending so if we were just never to do this episode you know yeah well i mean normally i hate doing this podcast and <laughs> <laughs> the research is drudgery um, I just dread it all day long, and to this time, I was so excited, yeah. laughing. My, I laughed. I woke up laughing. <laughs> Actually, so did I. It was like some of the first laugh, laugh, good laugh meet I've done in the past couple weeks. But um, you guys are obviously waiting with anticipation. The topic today is Nicole. It's Kevin Costner. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Reround, reround, world renowned food. Person. <laughs> World-renowned chef Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you might ask yourselves, why are you doing this? Why are we doing this? Well, I will tell you. In the throes of my depression, I've really turned to one of the only things aside from friendship that brings me any joy, which is looking at Kevin Costner's beautiful face. Mm-hmm. And I've watched pretty much every Kevin Costner movie because you and I also, part of really 90% of the reason we're friends and anything we have in common is our shared love of Casey. Yeah. I think that I liked him before you and you took it from me. Well, you're older. <laughs> he's Sorry. more, he's like more age appropriate for me. You know when I really started to realize how much I loved Kevin Costner, which I always knew I did, is actually when Megan Scalero, uh, former manager at Brucey, brought up her love of Kevin Costner and mm-hmm. we started commiserating about that. Then you joined the party and we knew it was a, a yeah. match. Yes. It's, the yeah, my biggest crush, I think probably, my first celebrity crush was... Randy Travis, but... Who the hell is that? He's a famous country musician. Oh, okay. Please. I don't um, know him. And then I think my second was Kevin Costner, and then Jonathan Brandis, but uh, rest in peace. Oh, yeah, that's sad. My first crush was the Red Mutant Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo, because he had a hot <laughs> voice, and then they changed the voice, and I was over him immediately, and then Christian Bale in Newsies and Spring sure. Kids went right on to Brad Pitt, 
took huh. a very long stop in Leonardo DiCaprioville. Never, I ever. used to write him letters in yeah. the sixth grade, and my parents would pretend to mail them and write me back letters, which in hindsight is cruel because I really got my hopes up. Huh. Uh, my dad did that. <laughs> I thought we were going to meet and marry. This explains the tender age of 12. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a hopeless romantic. (laughs) Um, Then I think I took a break from celebrity crushes for a long time. Sure. Uh, Went into some James Franco territory. I've always loved Kevin Costner, of course. The bodyguard was my favorite. Yeah, not. And Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah. But for me, it was Field of Dreams. That was like my. And Robin Hood. I watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as a kid. Like, over and over and over again. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good bad movie. And I forgot, but it remembered in our research that Sean Connery is in like the final <laughs> yeah. scene of Robin Hood. It's weird. It's like for, he just marries them. He got cut out of the rest of the movie. They have like a major star. He probably got paid like $10 million for that cameo. <laughs> you know what I found out about Kevin Costner today is that he was actually, because I was looking at his IMDb page, mm. and he was cut out of the big chill. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he's fine. It was originally titled The Bigger Chill. Where where is everyone else in that movie today versus Casey? You know that's saying? true. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I'm trying to think now of the cast and where they are, but we don't have time for that. Let's I can't remember. Into, any let's of them. talk Costner. Okay, so I did some research. You did more of a deep dive and I did more of a skating along the waves of the internet mm-hmm. to find some crap. Um I was first alarmed to find out that he has seven children. Oh yeah. Seven children. Yeah, he spread a seed all over the place. And then he... He's <laughs> <laughs> just spraying it around. Well, it's from three different women, so not that much spraying. Uh-huh. Um, but one of them is like a secret love child <gasps> with this woman who went on to marry a Koch brother. So I was like, uh-oh. What? If I deep dive into Kevin Costner too far, I might find out some things about him that I would not like. Like, uh, he's Republican, which... He, he's not. Right. He but was, I was worried. Yeah, of course. That's, that was a major concern of mine I'm as well. He lives in Santa Barbara. It's all very suspicious. He's got all of the ingredients to be a Republican, and it, he was. He was friends with Ronald Reagan, and then he switched parties in the early 90s and now supports Pete Buttigieg. Mm, which is also not cool, yeah. but what can we that's do? fine. Um, he also is in a band. Hot. He's the front person... The singer. Hotter. The singer and guitarist for a band called Modern West. (laughs) He loves the West. I would (laughs) urge you to not watch videos of it on YouTube because it will taint your love for him. I won't. Deeply. I will. I'm going to watch it later. I can't stay away. I don't know. Um, But that's all the stuff that I got kind of about his life. I kind of stayed away from that kind of stuff and just went on to the more fun fact area and loosely food-related items that I could pluck out of there. Okay. So, um, in 2014, the Iowa State Fair, Iowa is, of course, where Field of Dreams mm-hmm. was set and potentially filmed? I don't actually know. Uh, no one knows. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, had a, they have a competition, like a butter sculpture competition every year, and one year they made a Kevin Costner sculpture, <laughs> which... Sounds like my fucking dream. Not look like him. It doesn't look like him, but that is my actual dream come true. Yeah, they also did a huge life-size cow butter sculpture, which is just seems like a waste of butter. But whatever. Does the Costner have a? Is it a full body? Does it have a butter penis? Well, he's wearing clothes. Oh, there might be a penis under the clothes. I mean, I would say we don't know. We should contact the woman who did it. We should. I've looked up a lot of pictures of Googling Kevin Costner penis to see if we can see, you know, the outline to know what he's working with. Well, I was using my work computer to do some research and I looked up, I was trying to find the <laughs> love scene in Bull Durham, which we'll talk about later, uh-huh. but I literally just typed in like love scene Bull Durham and hit images and like some very not safe for work <laughs> images came up that had nothing to do with Bull Durham or love scenes. I, was I it a lot of bestiality? It was. Not good for my computer. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> you're fired. We're fired. Um, but other things I found out about KC's like to come um, <laughs> is that he eats terribly. So I saw an interview with him and Woody Harrelson because they were doing the Highwaymen. Oh yeah, the Highwaymen mm-hmm. about the people that hunt down Bonnie and Clyde. Um, and Woody Harrelson is like notoriously vegan and like super into health and all that shit. And um. He was, like, drinking all these green drinks and, like, health foods, and he kept offering them to Kevin Costner, and he would be like, no thanks. I don't want that. Really? And then the reporter is like, well, what would it take for you, Kevin Costner, to eat health foods? And he's like, 
I'm not very disciplined. You know, he's like, I'm trying to get better. And he's like, but really, you just have to put a bunch of sugar on top of it for me to eat it. And I was like, wow, wow, he looks great for someone who doesn't. He's probably anorexic. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, There's lots of pictures of him. Like, just if you Google Kevin Costner eating, there's lots of pictures of him eating, like, hot dogs and ice cream. Yeah. Just looking adorable. What a pig. Um, in Waterworld, there is a scene where he drinks his own pee, and that was apparently improvised by him. <laughs> Did he direct Waterworld as well? No. Are we sure about that? Yes. Okay. Um, and also, in Waterworld, he gets eaten. I've never seen it. Well, I'm just, you know, making yeah, a twist yeah. on the food thing. Sure. So he gets eaten by, like, a large post-apocalyptic monster fish. Oh, no. Um, it, like, comes and eats it. He, like, dives into the water with the spear, and, spoiler alert, he's, like, part amphibian in this movie. <laughs> Damn. He dives what can't in, he do? He dives into the water with the spear, the fish eats him, and then he kills the fish from the inside. Wow. They die together. <laughs> no, he lives. Oh, he lives. Yeah, he kills the fish from the inside so that he can, like, then eat it. Oh, that's amazing. Very amazing. Wow, good for you, Kev. Based on a true story. Um... <laughs> And then we talked about this, but he eats the liver in mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves. That liver was not a real liver. That was actually made with cranberry jelly. Oh, his favorite. <laughs> He's like, if you want to get me to eat a live buffalo liver, it better be covered in cranberry jelly. <laughs> um, that scene in Bull Durham where he knocks everything off Ugh. for the bone, um, he loaded up as much stuff as possible on there so it would make more of an impact. So he was like, yeah. He was like, I'm trying to help the scene. So I put as much crap that would be feasibly like believable on that counter so that when I swept it off it would be more like junk on the floor I have to be honest that is one of the hottest that (laughs) whole entire like sex scene from beginning to end is probably one of like I will watch that with my mouth like my jaw dropped to the floor yeah it's hot I saw that movie later in life so it was more appropriate for me to see it yeah I've watched it like four times in the past week it's great but it's also kind of like an you know a um, bizarre message to send with Susan Sarandon's character, but it, it is. And also, what's his name? The Tim tall- Robbins. Tim Robbins is so unattractive in that. I don't understand how she married that man. Well, they never got married. Well, but yeah. How they entered into a years-long relationship mm-hmm. after meeting when he looked like that. I don't understand. Yeah, maybe she likes him for his brains. Hmm. Um, just two more items I have here. I found. A Yelp review um, for... <laughs> for Gu- Kevin Costner? No, for Gonzalez Bertas Burgers. And the owner wrote this Yelp review. Okay. And she said, I enjoyed having Kevin Costner in my business. He loved my cheeseburger. And I quote, that was one freaking good burger. January 5th, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> what an eloquent guy. Um, and then I have one final tidbit here. Uh-huh. Um, movie phone wrote an article about him filming this movie called McFarland USA, which I had never heard of. Never he plays heard of it. a sports coach. Of course. Of course. Um, but essentially, they go, this interviewer dives deep and asks him like a million questions about this one scene where he has to eat enchiladas. And he's like, how many enchiladas did you have to eat in the filming of that scene? And Kevin Costner's like, well, I actually couldn't pretend not to be eating because you have to see the food in my mouth and whatever reason in that scene. So he ate nine enchiladas. <laughs> Is and that a world record? I don't know. Probably not. But it seems like a lot of dairy. Wow. That, uh, yeah, a lot of dairy and a lot of corn. <clears throat> America's enchilada eating, uh, whatever. What would you say? Number one? Number one enchilada eating sex. There you go. Green queen. <laughs> Kevin Costner. I'm just saying words. I don't know. That's perfect. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll come back at you with more hot, hot Costner action in just a minute. This episode is presented by Henry's Wine and Spirit, a go-to shop for anyone interested in natural wines and boutique spirits. There's a large selection of everything from orange wines, pet gnats, and reds from around the world. Whether visiting the shop in person or online, looking for a gift for a loved one, or that everyday dependable bottle, you're sure to find lots of interesting wines at Henry's. There's free shipping on orders over $300 on the website henrys.nyc and case discounts when you visit the store located in Bushwick. Cheers. And we're back! Oh my! (laughs) Whoa! And we're back, and we're joined here by, uh, we throw this around a lot, by America's true sweetheart, Kevin Costner. Kelvin, 
Kelvin, welcome to the program. I'm sorry, I'm drunk. I obviously can't speak today. Just kidding. I haven't had a drink in like months. Okay, brag. <clears throat> I'm sober for January and also December. Actually, I had a little something to drink yesterday. Do you think you're better than me? Yeah, and everybody else. <clears throat> Not because of the drinking. Got it. Um, Kevin Costner is here, though. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> one of, let one you of speak. my favorite stories, <laughs> which I think I've told on the show before, was that Brucey, you posted. Um, we were doing like hot toddy happy hour or something, mm-hmm. and you posted something on our Instagram, like a picture of Kevin Costner in a sweater, like it's drinking. A classic picture. It's of a it. great picture. He's holding a mug. Yeah, and he's wearing a sweater. And what did you write? You wrote something like, "I was like Kevin Costner's going to be here tonight for our happy hour." It was hot so obviously a joke. And then, can you finish the story? Well, these women came in, and they were sitting at the bar, and eventually we learned they weren't really like drinking anything or doing anything, and eventually we learned that they actually thought that Kevin Costner was going to be there. <laughs> And they were waiting for him to come in. So sad. (laughs) They were so disappointed. I know. I guess maybe we broke some laws, but I I don't know. (laughs) The president of the fan club. Um, Okay. I have a question. What's one thing that Kevin Costner and the inventor of the vibrator have in common? Mm, They live in Montana. (laughs) (laughs) They're both rich. Um, They Ah. both... No, no, that's not it. They both heard voices saying, if you build it, they will come. Really? (laughs) Well, no. Oh. Yes, really. I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's it. That's a joke. Okay, in my mind, this much cleaner version of the story is the builder of the vibrator was like, you know what? I had that voice in my head, just like Casey. (laughs) You build it, they will come, and I'll make this thing, and then ghosts will come and play baseball. (laughs) James Earl Jones will be there. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) A whole ghost baseball team full of vibrators, using vibrators instead of bats. (laughs) <laughs> so Kevin uh, Costner was born January 18th. Happy almost birthday. By the time this airs, it will have been his birthday. How old is he? We should have gotten him a cake. Sorry, Kevin. Um, <laughs> he's over 100. No, no he's going to be... 60-something? Uh, 65. 65. Yeah, he was born in 1955. Wait, does that work out? Yeah, that's, he's like my dad's age. That's correct math. In Linwood, California... Which and then is kind he, of creepy. Yeah, he could be your dad. Like in the movie... Um, Whatchamacallit, Rumor Has It. Have you seen that with Jennifer Aniston? I have started to watch that movie many times, and it's so bad I can't get through it. It's pretty bad. I watched it last night, but there's something about it that I... That's older Costner, slightly older Costner. Like nine... No, it's 2000s. It's 2000s Cost. That's what he had to do post-Waterworld. Uh, it is a very bad movie, but I enjoyed it. Um, okay, so he was born in Linwood, California. Grew up in Compton, California, which I thought was interesting. Dances with Wolves. Ever heard of it? Yes. Very bad about it earlier. <laughs> America, there was a movie in the year 1990, an American epic Western film starring, you guessed it, Kevin Costner. He also directed it and produced it. Uh, The film is an adaptation of the 1988 book by Michael Blake that tells the story of the Union Army Lieutenant John Dunbar, played by, you guessed it, Kevin Costner, who travels the American frontier to find a military post and his dealings with a group of uh, Lakota Native Americans. Um... I just completely free-formed that from the top of my mind. That was a freestyle off the top. I did Mm. not read that from Wikipedia. You know, he had to fund part of that movie, too, which I guess is part of the producer thing. So he had to put his own money into it because the studio didn't think a Western would Right, because no Western had won an Academy Award since, like, the 20s or something. (laughs) So then... They were like, if this movie doesn't win an Academy Award, we're not going to make it. You're in trouble, (laughs) Costner. Uh, It won six Oscars. Take that, Academy Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Best Sound Editing. Now, I watched this film for the second time. The first time was a long time ago, the other yeah. day. And it's it's okay. I don't think I would rewatch it. It's fine. He has a terrible mullet wig. And as usual, very thin hair. Yeah. And it's like three hours long. It's quite long. And really my biggest problem with it... in 1990 was like ten hours. I was... It's problematic a bit. They had to make the love interest also like a white woman who was part of the I Native know. American I tribe. I know. I was looking at clips of that and I was like... Lame. Ugh. I'm distressed that a white yeah. woman is... is like He can't fall in love with a Native yeah. American woman because it was, that would be shocking. It was... That was high. There was things about it that were problematic. It was okay. I I was confused to why it was got so many accolades, but I still enjoyed looking at him. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the reason I'm bringing this up mm-hmm. and tying it all back to food, since this is a food podcast and not a Kevin Costner Hollywood podcast, um, 
after he did the movie, he became so obsessed with Deadwood, uh, South Dakota, <laughs> where he, where they filmed, and where I have visited. You have visited there. You said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch the show Deadwood that was on HBO? I it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so he opened this whole. He like redid this whole hotel um, and made it into a casino with a bunch of other folks. And mm. had a restaurant. It was called the Midnight Star. Okay. Okay. So from casino.org, uh, actor Kevin Costner is parting, quote, Kevin Co- uh, actor Kevin Costner, gosh darn it, this is from like 2017, Kevin Costner is parting ways with the Midnight Star Casino and Restaurant in Deadwood, South Dakota after 26 years in business. It's mm. a long time. The gambling emporium on Main Street is just the latest casualty of the historic town. So I guess um, in the night, like, in the nineties there wasn't, it was just introduced that you could gamble legally in different places other than Las Vegas and some other like random spots. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of a big thing. And two years after gambling became legalized, he kind of capitalized on this opportunity in South Dakota and Deadwood because he's like, Oh, I loved it here. So why don't I just open a casino here? And he kind of got into that kind of business. That's okay. Yeah. So hang on, let me flip my page here. Give you more hot Costner, juicy gossip. Um, okay. Once touted as the highlight of Deadwood, according to the Bismarck Tribune, it was arguably the finest dining experience in South Dakota, and the establishment was a place to to see and be seen. <laughs> in Dakota, South Dakota? In South Dakota. Okay. Everyone was there. Uh, his partners, Francis and Carla uh, Canavada, Can, Canava, ran the place. Um, also, according to the Bismarck Tribune, the venture initially struck gold with a stunning retail outlet, friendly blackjack dealers, bartenders, and waitstaff, loose lots, and gilded top-shelf restaurants serving star-filled skylights, served with star-filled skylights, excuse me, a talented local pianist, that sounds amazing, and attention to detail from an expansive wine list and buffalo fillets all the way down to the whipped strawberry butter. They served... Buffalo? Lots of buffalo on this menu. Now, I tried looking up some of the menus. All of the dishes had Costner-themed names, which is why I asked you to do So it was, like, <laughs> different burgers from, like, it was, like, the Dunbar burger, which is, like, a buffalo burger with, you know, buffalo sauce. And wow. they had buffalo chips, which at first I thought meant, like, buffalo sauce-covered fries, but there was just, like, buffalo chips. It was, like, just a quirky Potato name. Potato chips? I think they were french fries. Okay. I think they were just called buffalo chips, which is kind of weird. I would be very angry if they were potato chips. Yeah. And the restaurant, it was like multi-level. There was a place actually called Diamond, Diamond Lil's. Whoa. I know. Isn't that funny? Well, there's... I mean, it's after the character that Mae West played. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. So there's Diamond Lil's, and then there was like Jake's, and then whatever. There was all these different restaurants in it. Um, and uh, da, 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 it was all filled with Kevin Costner memorabilia from all his movies. So they had all That's the costumes cool. from like all the movies, which if... It was still open. I would say we should get in the car right now. I would go. Split and leave town. For sure. Deadwood is cool and weird. Yeah. Too bad this isn't there anymore. So, <laughs> the Denver Post describes the restaurant with etched glass, hand-rubbed wood, polished brass. Jace, Jake's, which was the fancy restaurant, reflects the opulence of Deadwood during the 1890s Wild West area, except for the food, which is strictly 1990s-style American. Appetizers run the gamut from escargot to seasonal dishes that include salmon, chicken, duck, and lamb. Oh, very descriptive. Yeah. So they had escargot on the menu? Yeah. So I tried to find the menu from like when it originally opened. So then I went on there. Somehow I got on Facebook, but only for a minute because I'm not a member of Facebook, but long enough to look at this picture with a post that they had from like some of the later years, which says, Happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. We have treats. $2 jello shots with quality liquor, as well uh, today and tomorrow, we'll be featuring an Irish stew served in a bread bowl. <laughs> The meat is tender and the stew is flavorful. Come down today and join the festivities. We'd love to have you. Hmm. Now, I want to read you a couple of TripAdvisor reviews, too. Okay. Some are good, like this one from Mike the Nailer. All in one. Owned by Kevin Costner. Plenty of his memorabilia on the walls. Gambling, toilets, bar, (laughs) and restaurant, plus a hotel to enjoy this great town. Huh. Another reviewer says, titled... Kevin Costner everywhere. This place is a step back into the old west. That's like a birthday theme party that I would like to have. I mean, I'll take note. Uh, The place is like a step back into the wild west. It has the feeling of a modern day casino with the flair of Hollywood. We did not eat nor gamble here, but we walked through the building, and especially on the second floor, where costumes that Kevin Costner wore (laughs) in many of his movies. Example, quote, walking with wolves... (laughs) 
<laughs> the Untouchables. Hatfield and McCoy's Tombstone, Open Range with Robert Duvall. For some reason, they wanted to mention him. And many others are on display, sealed tightly under glass. Very- I don't even know any of those movies. <laughs> I, know, I know The Untouchables. And Not Walking with Wolves. That must have been a sequel. Um, he like gets really old and he can't dance anymore. Um, very impressive if you like Kevin Costner. Okay. Now it's this very is very tightly sealed behind glass. This you is, cannot touch yeah, it. If please, you try, don't try. You'll the be electrocuted. <laughs> the police will come. <laughs> Elliot Ness himself, um, super slow, got sick after eating. <laughs> <laughs> we were super excited to eat here, but never again. It took at least twenty minutes for them to come and get our drink orders, and they were not even busy. I ordered a Long Island, and it was so strong I could not even drink it. Sir or ma'am. <laughs> That's your own goddamn That's problem. What a Long Island is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This does not sound like a fair and balanced review. Or maybe a Long Island is different from a Long Island ST and we just don't know it. Right. In South Dakota, it's just like <laughs> Jack Daniels poured into an old dusty boot. The waitress said she would take it off our bill, but she didn't. Oh my then God. we waited over an hour for our food and it was so so. The sal- scallop and shrimp dish that my friend got was super spicy and made her sick for the rest of the night. <laughs> then she threw up the next morning. <laughs> It was super disappointing. Riveting, detailed story. It was a super sickening and disappointing experience, way overpriced for the quality of food. Then Sheila says, uh, right at the closing time a couple years ago, very disappointed that Costner closed this restaurant with no warning and put 40-plus employees out of work. Glad to patronize other local, more considerate establishments. Bad business ethics, Kevin Costner. (laughs) So anyway, had a good That's run. His ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, had a good run during the '90s and 2000s, but as g- legalized gambling became more popular, it kind of put it out of you know business. And then in 2008, it took a really sharp downturn with the economy crashing. Bummer. So now, in the year 1994, he makes a move to start a hundred million dollar project called the Dunbar Resort, named after his character John Dunbar in Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is where it gets very, very, very dicey. Nothing says holiday relaxing like the guy who was in the civil war <laughs> i know exactly you know what honey what should we do with the kids this holiday well let's go ahead to uh, the dances with wolves themed resort park <laughs> it's kind of like it reminds me of like the bubba gum shrimp company it's like does yeah. this need does this movie specifically like i see but jurassic it, park at it, least that actually like makes sense it like, does bubba gum shrimp is a thing that one to one equals two you know sure yeah but this movie plus yeah, it was a violent, like, Civil War movie. Where they eat livers. Well, all there is on the menu is raw buffalo liver at this place, and you have to kill the buffalo yourself. Huh. <laughs> and there's dysentery okay, well everywhere. Then, if that's the case, I understand. Now, that makes sense why they would call it the Dunbar Resort. Yeah, Dunbar. <laughs> uh, in 1995 article in The Independent says, Costner and his brother Dan are building a 320-room luxury hotel casino complex. Ooh, tell me more about Dan Costner. Well, Is he single? I mean, <laughs> call us Dan Costner. <laughs> He's got all the hair, but none of the... <laughs> None of the height. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, we love you. It seems like we're talking a lot of shit at Kevin Costner, but really, we love him. You're the one who got all the bad reviews off of TripAdvisor. That's true. <laughs> Kevin Costner wasn't in the kitchen. He this couldn't help it. This is supposed to be a puff piece. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 1995 article in The Independent. <clears throat> Costner and his brother Dan are building a 320-room luxury hotel casino complex. Most of the protesters <laughs> will be Lakota Sioux Indians who claim that What's Costner... the actual Indians that were in... They uh, walking with wolves wa- with walking with wolves. Now he had become, you know, you told me that he was an honorary yeah, they, native American. The or, article that I read was a little frustrating because they were like the native Americans in the movie made him an honorary member. I'm like, of what tribe? But they right. didn't say. So it doesn't sound like they're the actual Sioux people are very happy with him at all. Um, who claim that Costner is building on land that belongs to them. Uh, standing at the center of, this is all from the, quoted from The Independent, standing at the center of a six-state area known as Paha Sapa, this, that is an area that's very sacred to the Sioux. These were burial grounds and holy lands that came where they came on vision quests and held their annual Sundance rituals. Only 150 years ago, they lived a semi-nomadic existence here on the Great Plains. But once settlers discovered the gold in the hills, the U.S. government systematically persecuted the Native Americans to the edge of extinction uh, herded them onto reservations with little that were little more than concentration camps and did its best to annihilate their language and culture. The Black Hills were sold off to property developers, 
gold and mineral mining companies, and timber firms. Anything left over was declared national forest land, and the Native Americans were denied access for religious ceremonies. So, they go on to say, the bitter irony here, of course, is that Costner built his Hollywood career on the back of the Sioux culture. In his 1990s, 1990 film Dances with Wolves, Costner played Lieutenant John Dunbar, the 1860s cavalryman who became enchanted with the Lakota way of life and goes, quote, native. Dances with Wolves made more than $500 million worldwide, and he got 10% of that as a producer of the film. So... Also, they go on to say that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that nobody has any information on if he donated any money to the Sioux people or did anything like build a hospital. They're like, you know, he had all this money and he came to South Dakota to build this stuff. And what he built was, you know, a resort and a casino and stuff like that. So they, this article is painting an ugly picture of Kevin Costner, but I had to mention it. Why? Why did I have to mention it? I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, they so were... What? So wait, so they're protesting, but then eventually they just build the resort anyway. They He gets the land, right? But they never develop it. He gets it in like 1994, and nothing is ever developed with it. Um, well, that's good, maybe. Except for a welcome center called the uh, Tatanka Story. Tatanka means bison um, in Sioux. The Tatanka, Tatanka Story of the Bison Visitor Center features bison statues uh, running off of a cliff and a three-minute film narrated by Kevin Costner. <laughs> TripAdvisor says, Joe, in 2012, this place is supposedly owned by Kevin Costner. He must either not be a very good businessman or just doesn't care. Somebody said he's starting a band. whoop de doo Maybe he could do a jingle called The Bison Bumble. The Bison what? The Bison Bumble, which uh, uh, according to him would go like this. We will sell our story for a fee and you can get our junk for free. Don't say buffalo, say bison. The Sioux word is not a nice one. That's what he thinks Kevin Costner's band should do a song about because he didn't like his time there. Wow. At a visitor center. He didn't like the visitor center. So ended up in a lawsuit with this artist, Peggy uh, uh, Determus, who built 17 horse and bison statues for the Tatanka experience. (laughs) And she was supposed to get $4 million. He only gave her $350,000. What? He ended up selling... The property and land to the Rumcata properties, it was 103 acres and it sold for $7.5 million. How much did you buy it for? I don't know. I couldn't find that information. But isn't that kind of weird? It's very bizarre. I know. It's a weird turn of events. I kind of felt bad for him because I feel like he probably had good intentions. The Costner I knew in the (laughs) 90s only had the best of intentions. I mean, I don't think so. I know. It's a weird story. I felt bad about it. I felt the need to report it. Um, okay, so he also then went on to own the clubhouse in Costa Mesa. Is that uh, a restaurant? It's a restaurant. Um, and then in 1994, he opened a restaurant. That place was open for 10 years, and then it, like, folded, and it was, like, a celeb hangout. People would go there after, like, award shows and do, you know, cocaine. And cool. Butt chugs, emo, whatever the kids were doing those days. Um, what are butt chugs? Butt chug is when you drink something up your butt. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Kevin Costner started it. The trend. He invented it. <laughs> Kevin Costner, restaurateur, Oscar-winning act- actor, director, and inventor of the butt chug, <clears throat> and enchilada eating champion. We've learned so much today about him. <laughs> uh, in 1984, he opened the Twin Palms Restaurant in Pasadena with then-wife Cindy Costner. They got divorced a year later, and Cindy became the manager. <clears throat> the LA Times talks about the restaurant. It was a four- 425-seat emporium that will offer provincial provincial cooking. Uh, and music and entertainment. It's weird that she became the restaurant manager. I know. She got $80 million in that divorce. She was probably, like, one of those kind of restaurant managers that's like, um, I'm here, it's Mad Inge. Like, guys, <laughs> what's with the silverware? Why are we keeping it over here now? <laughs> and she's just, like, drinking a martini. Cool. Okay, I have one more thing that I want to say about Kevin Costner and restaurants. Um, according to SB Mag, Kevin Costner's personal assistant, Mac Ashfield, went on a hunt in, for a Shreveport restaurant uh, that served the actor breakfast more than a decade ago in Shreveport, Louisiana, near New Orleans, I guess. 
Um, Costner couldn't remember the restaurant's name, but it certainly left an impression. Asfield knew the eatery was near a hill, sort of, sold groceries, and was close to the outskirts of town. He also knew that it was one of his favorites. He rem- Kevin Costner remembered eating breakfast there. Yeah. But then they went on to say that they, like, when he went back, they're like, we've never served breakfast here. We just made it for you because you asked for waffles. And then he was, like, embarrassed that he had been made breakfast. Yeah. So I read this article, too. Um, thank God I didn't include it. Um, but <laughs> the... The whole thing is, like, him being like, oh, my God, I would never have ordered that if I had known. But it's like, didn't you look at the menu? Right. That means he didn't look at a menu, and he just walked into the restaurant and was like, I would like some waffles, please. Exactly. And then these yokels were like, run, go get some batter, make waffles. We don't even have a waffle iron. Let's go. (laughs) Somebody step on this with your hot shoe. And I would be like, Kevin Costner, welcome to my restaurant. I'm a huge fan. We don't have fucking waffles here. Look at the menu. You piece of shit. Why don't you get an enchilada? <laughs> you love those. <laughs> Can we entice you with some enchiladas? Did you read the final? Go ahead. Yes, I did. So the only other time a cook at the restaurant prepared food for Costner that wasn't on the menu is while filming JFK in New Orleans. He describes the place as having a six-seat bar with little dining area. Where uh, And when he returned home to California to prepare for his role in The Bodyguard, he knew the perfect cook to call to cater the movie pre-party. Costner didn't know at the time that cook would go on to become world famous. The cook's name... Ameril. Ameril Lagasse. But the end of the article that I read about the restaurant is the final, like, sentence is that Kevin Costner's, like, leaving, and he's like, whoever the owner is needs to get rid of all this jelly and put some more tables in here, because it's also, like, a like a store. Oh, it's full of jelly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kevin Costner, enchilada lover, jelly hater. Waffle fan. Waffle lover. Interesting. Okay, so, do you want to talk about your chef recommends? For a Kevin Costner-inspired dish, do you have one? No, I couldn't think of anything. I was trying to make a pun out of something, like, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I couldn't come up with anything. You know who did make a pun? What? This guy. You did. Yeah, I am shocked. Are you ready? No. Okay, my <laughs> chef recommends is called the Elliot Mess. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it like an Eton mess? <laughs> no. <laughs> it should be though. <laughs> it's just a mess. Also, is that how you say that? Uh, An Eton mess, yes. Um, It consists of, this is my original recipe. Uh, I'm copywriting it, so don't even try. Two hot buns surrounding luscious honey-glazed durham, crushed-up golf ball aioli, thin wispy hairs, and, of course, apples, because that's Kevin Costner's favorite fruit, soaked in vodka and shoved in a bottle with a love letter and submerged in water. Nice. Why is it submerged in water? (laughs) Because of Waterworld. Oh, and you haven't seen that movie, so. <laughs> I know it. it's about water. <laughs> Loose, loosely based on water. <laughs> what are your top three favorite Kevin Costner movies? Um, Well, as per usual, I don't like to follow rules. So oh, I've, excuse us. I've, no, that's fine. Um, Robin Hood. Uh-huh. Field of Dreams. Okay. Bull Durham. Mm. Um, A Perfect World. Never saw that. Um, not the spinoff of the Cosby show. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's him and Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood directed it. Oh, I saw that the other day, actually. I watched it perfect. I didn't realize that was called when he's like a bank robber. Yeah. Or, or, it, it did terrible at the theaters because he played a bad guy. So. He's not a bank robber. He busts out of jail. He's a criminal of yeah, some Yeah, he's a criminal. Yeah. That is a great movie. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. I just saw it for the first time the other day. For some reason, I didn't know that's a Yeah, that's it didn't called. do well because people literally like, I cannot watch Kevin Costner be a bad guy. He was bad. It was weird. But he's good, though. He's good. He has a heart of gold. Do you think that maybe, actually, that may be one of his best roles? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. He was really good in that movie. I was like, wow, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And I also love JFK. I love JFK. That's my number three. Okay. My That's num- all I have. My number three is JFK. My number two is The Bodyguard. And my number one is, of course, Bull Durham, the sexiest movie of all time. Yeah. I have never been into The Bodyguard. That's shocking. Why is that? I don't know. I definitely was a part of my childhood. Like, my best friend when I was young was really into it. But I think, I don't know. I just, I think I was too old to understand the sexy themes. Mm-hmm. And I did just rewatch parts of it today, though. And there is a scene that I would like to discuss with you. Please. Which we've talked about, but I don't, I had not seen this. Uh-huh. It's like the way that he's eating that fucking peach. It's the hottest That is thing. not, no, that's not, no one eats a peach like that. Well, first of all, it was obviously an unripened peach. So that's even He's cutting it with a knife. He's, that's gross. Because if you were to slice a ripe peach like that, the juice would drip all the way down your hands and arms. And it was a prop peach. But that was hot to me. But He's have just you leaning ever back. in your life seen anyone eat a peach in that way? 
Uh, no, of course not. And That's- also, I cannot help but think of my favorite line from a movie, which is I could eat a peach, peach for, for hours, hours which is Con Air. Face Air. No, oh, it's Face, Face Air. Air. Yeah, right, right, right. Face Air. <laughs> it's from my favorite movie, Face Air, um, which is just breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, this is how you could literally eat a peach for hours if you slice it into teeny tiny slices from the side. Like, that's not. I know, but he's so, like, so hot and, like, such a good fighter and ridiculous he, i love that what's that actor's name that he's fighting i can never remember i, I don't want to know. say chris penn or don't like no danny aiello but maybe it is danny aiello i don't know but also what i started watching Wyatt Earp today um who is in who in kill bill is the one that is in the trailer and she kills him. michael madsen yeah he's in Wyatt Earp. is he really like his older brother and it's i've never seen Wyatt Earp. jarring to see him in that it's, oh. i would say that it might not be very good i love kevin costner i Me just too. love his his whole face his thin wispy hair yeah and i told you i read that article that was like kevin costner is neither as good as people thought he was in the 80s and 90s nor as bad as people thought he was after like his water world disaster times um, and there's this interview with him about his accent in Robin Hood because it comes and goes and eventually <laughs> just goes away. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, he like knows, he like acknowledged it. And he was like, yeah, if I had to do it all over again, I would like do a better job at the accent. And the <laughs> writer was like, no, you should just own it and not have an accent at all. Dude. Of course. Like why? He's like so earnest and like weird and like, yeah, yeah. That wasn't his best work, but I also want to ask you one more question about Kevin Costner, non-food related. Mm. Um, what's your favorite Kevin Costner style movie? Like outfits? Yeah, because he has great style, 90s style. Well, Field of Dreams, there's yeah. a scene where he's wearing, like, which is almost like a crop top. Like, he's Yeah, yeah, wearing, that short t-shirt. Like, well, it's like a button-down shirt. Yeah. And he's throwing the ball mm-hmm. to Ray Liotta, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, one of the ghost baseball players. Yeah. Shoeless, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, and he, every time he raises up his arm, you can, like, see a little stomach there. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. The 80s, like, now people just wear, like, freaking knee-length shirts. Um, so that was good. His jeans in that are like impeccable. They're I basically, perfect. I want to dress like he does in yeah. that. And also his flight jacket that he wears in Bull Durham. Ugh. Like I want that. God, so sexy. And he wears khakis really well. He wears khakis really well in Field of Dreams with that like white t-shirt. Yeah. And also in Bull Durham and she starts like taking off his pants when they go to Bone and he has that cute like little pocket that like 80s pants that have, or early 90s pants that have the little tiny mini yeah. pocket. And also he does good, the him on the cover of Tin Cup, he has some great like long wide leg kind of yeah. 1940s almost khakis going on. He had great style. I've been looking at his style recently, not so much. He also is now sporting a goatee that's growing straight out from it's the middle of his lip. troubling for many reasons. One, soul because patch. it's blonde. Yeah, it's a soul patch that grows from the center of his lip. I don't understand why men of a certain age have to grow those. Like it seems like all of them have that. Like um, Sting? No, maybe. Steve. <laughs> No, Steve <laughs> yeah, Martin. Steve Martin. No, <laughs> the guy who's uh, Liv Tyler's dad, Stephen Tyler. Steve oh, yeah. Tyler. St- it was Steve. <laughs> I'm a psychic. Well, I started to say Steve. I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> um, yeah, but like you know, his butt in those jeans mm. in Field of Dreams is like my, my a friend of mine was recently texting me because she was like, I need you to explain to me like the appeal of Kevin Costner. And I was, like, trying to talk to her about it. And I was, like, I think that part of the appeal is that, like, he is the, what my 12-year-old self was, like, realizing is an attractive person. Yeah. So it's, like, it's very rooted in my past. Yeah, totally. In my youthfulness. Yeah, 100%. Um, and now that I realize that he's not in any very good movies, and he's, you know, he's like the Jennifer Aniston. Like, she's, I love her. Yeah. She has made very few films that are good. True. Um, and so many of them. So many. Yeah. I think he's, well, they were together and rumor has it. Rumor has it. They date in it? Yeah. They, well, they almost get together. They bone. I thought she, he was her dad. She thought he was and she was unsure, but she still boned him. Huh. Very I interesting. Really know about the incest. Yeah. There I was, mean, I know it's based on like the graduate. It's based on the graduate. Well, you know. Spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Let's tell you. Now we're going to tell you the end of every Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> I love his style in Field of Dreams, but I also, I told you this yesterday, I think that Field of Dreams is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. It yeah. has one of the most bizarre plot lines, and I still am not really sure what it's about. I mean, I know what it's about, but why? Why and how? Well, I think that, and I haven't seen it in a long time. It was something that I watched over and over and over again when I was young with my mom yeah. and my sister. Um, just same as Robin Hood, but, um, I think that 
the like the power of baseball as like an American mm-hmm. unifying thing. Yeah, that's ripped right from the script. What you're saying, I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, but that <laughs> is like the power of baseball is supposed to be enough for you to suspend your disbelief. Sure. And like his relationship with his dad, and like, but where does James Earl Jones go in the end? That part I forgot. About. He just walks into the cornfield. Does he die? Maybe he just has to pee. Was he was dead the whole time? <laughs> been dead the whole time we can always do like the yeah it's like the um sixth sense the final episode of lost everyone's just dead the entire time oh i've never seen lost but thanks for ruining it for me (laughs) okay um this was a great episode i had a lovely time did you have a nice time kevin how did you do (laughs) well he lost his voice uh i no don't even try (laughs) (laughs) it's me kevin costner this is my real voice I love pizza. That's why I'm here at Roberta's. Can we go eat some pizza now? No. Are you disappointed? I'm terrified. <sighs> Guys, thank you so much. This was a weird episode. I'm into it. I loved it. I think it made perfect sense. Nicole and I decided on this a couple days ago. We were like, yeah, let's do Should this. we do this? Should we do that? And then we're like, how about Kevin Costner? Yeah. Hopefully this goes viral. And, and sends if you us- can make one person laugh, that's all I try to do. Well, if you can make one person laugh, it better be Kevin Costner. <laughs> He's probably listening. Uh, Absolutely. Hashtag Kevin Costner. Is that how that works? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention one more thing. In my research about reading all the TripAdvisor reviews, (laughs) I found that many people spell Kevin Costner with a K. Two Ks. Oh, his last name. Yeah. I was like, he's not spelled with a K. It's actually spelled Kevin with a C and Costner with a K. What's his middle name? Um, Irwin. Uh. Ladybird. You didn't find that out on the Wikipedia? Article? I don't think he has one. Oh, in my research, I found out that he's married to a model turned handbag designer, and I was very disappointed. Yeah, I know. And she tricked him into having children as an old man. Oh, his fourth wife is going to be a model turned podcaster turned restaurant manager. I'm talking about you, you pretty lady. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, that's enough. Bye, Kevin. Call me. Hasta la pasta. Bye, Kevin Cosner. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.